My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. And joining me as podcast producer, and he hasn't been here in forever, is Nick Alexi. How are you? I'm doing well. How have you, How's everything going, Pilar? Everything's going I well. I have seen you in months and months and months. I know. I had a growth spurt. Did you notice? I'm like 5'5 five five now. Oh, wow. It's incredible. 5'5. Five five. Wow. Yeah, That's well, I was waiting for my growth spurt. Inch and a half, yeah. And I figured 46 late, is probably. Late puberty, yeah. Yeah, fine. just boom, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, it's a condition. It's fine. Right. So I've grown, and, uh, you know, as you can tell, the studio's a little cleaned up. Matt Belknap is, uh, he's got his own studio down the road, so I got to take my office back. It's all shiny, new, sort of. It's really pretty. Yes, it is. I'm impressed. Sort of looks like a college dorm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that explains all the beer bottles. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know how you're doing, Nick. I haven't seen you. You're you're still still with the APA. Still with APA. Um, uh, an assistant agent. Still still an, uh, an assistant to a TV literary agent. Uh, it's, so this is like I keep saying assistant agent, like I'm yeah. Dwight Schrute, and you're you're correcting me. Assistant fact. To it's an, an assistant, agent. Yeah, I'm an assistant <laughs> to an agent. So um, TV literary. TV literary. So not not feature literary, not MP lit. Really, what in uh, feature desk? You know, I, I love reading scripts and movies and all that, but I I got thrown in TV, huh? And I and I, and I love it. Really, T- TV's a TV's a different you know a, a different world, um, and it, it's it's faster paced because you know there's always has always has to be stuff on TV, and it's just it's 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 tougher in the sense that the studios buy a lot of stuff. And not everything is shot to be produced, and then once those pilots are made, the executives decide what gets to go on TV on on the air. And once everything airs, then it's about what, well, what's a hit with the audiences. And based on that, stuff, tons of stuff is cut. As as you know, you know, every fall, after a couple of weeks, they say, hey, this isn't you know this is going to be canceled. So um, so you're in it from submission of the pilot all the way into production into into the audience marketing uh, you're you're with a project all that way with what you do well w- once our, well for, I'll give you an example like uh, one of our one of our client scripts uh, sold to Disney not too long ago and then about a month ago a month and a half ago it was uh, Disney decided to actually produce it um, out of all the material they bought in the fall and it tested well. The, the pilot was screened. It was uh, screened with a couple test audiences, and it did well mm-hmm. with boys and girls. And Disney decided to pick it up. So now they are they have ordered it for nine or ten episodes, and they're producing it. And they're going to air it uh, sometime. I don't know, sometime this summer, or you know, not too not too far from now. And uh, then it's going to see you know how it uh, how it does on on 
on the airwaves. So that's great. So so as far as an agent success story, I mean, for your agent, he's he's probably like, yeah, we we got it this this far. Okay, now we have to negotiate to get this far. Okay, now that it's in series, we're going to negotiate to make sure that you get yours. And, and it gets picked and, up. And, and once, uh, actually, once you know, with uh, with with the pilot, and, you know, our our deal with this one, it's called Mighty Med on Disney. Um, this is all the first two seasons anyway have been negotiated our writer is the creator one of the creators on it so he's producing it as well as writing it so yeah believe me a lot of a lot of you know lawyers involved with the whole contracts and he'll get you know so and so amount an episode and for writing and then another amount for producing in the first year and then the bump in the second year if it's you know so it's, it's all it's all uh it all depends, but it, it's it's all negotiated. A lot of it's negotiated beforehand, before you get into like you know late season, into the to the season season three and four and five. You know, the first couple are already set in stone. So, you know, we have we have a lot of of guests on this show, as you know, that say, yeah. So, uh, you know, I was I was hired to write, or I wrote five pilots, and and they were all bought. And then you'll you'll be like you'll find out that they weren't actually put on. TV. Absolutely. Now, as far as that still being a success story for a writer, sure. can you explain why from the agent's point of point of view? Why? Why that's still a success story? Um, first of all, it's it's a success for the client. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, they are they're making money, mm-hmm. and that therefore money is coming to the agency and to the agent. And they're going to be sticking around because, yeah, most of the con- most of the material that studios buy is never going to make it, you know, um, to the air. That's just the reality. There's so much material out there, but it's always a success when stuff is bought. Um, it's it's uh, it's you know, there's money coming in. So <laughs> and- so so people are they're paid to like let's say somebody has an original pilot and you go this is pretty good we're gonna we're gonna put it out there and somebody says okay we're buying this Mm -hmm. because the the idea for buying it is then okay and then we're gonna make it for a test audience that's why they they buy it so they have it nobody else has it Right. right um so are these mainly original pilots or are these also things that are on assignment where somebody will go in and they'll say okay we want to develop a tv show about and, and then they hire and people. then they hire people um a lot of these are originals uh original ideas incidentally uh it's funny you're uh the uh, santa baby writers frawley and turner mm-hmm. they're repped at apa and uh yesterday the, their agent announced that they just sold a new thing to Dis- to abc wow um so that was cool and i, and I saw that right away but uh and stuff is bought and bought all the time. Uh, so typically buying season's in the fall. Mm-hmm. That's when all the studios buy tons, you know, tons and tons of stuff. Um, but then come around pilot season, which is January, February, that's when studios decide, say, hey, look, out of all this crap we've bought in the fall, this is what we actually want to shoot. This is what we actually want to make the pilot episode. So not everything they buy is necessarily going to be shot that first episode to test. It's just they buy the stuff in the hopes of, hey, this is a pretty, pretty cool idea. This is a pretty sexy idea. This could work. But then they lay, then they figure when it's stacked up against other stuff they bought, uh, 
we we probably don't need to make this one. <laughs> or it's put into development for the next season. Okay. There's a Rebel Wilson pilot called Super Fun Night about Rebel Wilson's the the, the, the big comedian about a group of girls who kind of stay at home every Friday. They're kind of, you know, they're they're not the... They're not the, the party po- girls? They're not the sexiest women, you know, to put politely. Um, <laughs> to go out, so they don't hit the town. But, you know, so they kind of like ice cream and romantic comedy, you know, just kind of yeah. staying at home kind of girls. And um, they decide, hey, look, we need a change. So they, they decide every Friday they're going to go out and crazy adventure, you know, hang over with girls, which is a cute, fun premise, right? That was originally in the 20, for the 2011-2012 development year. Mm-hmm. That got put on hold, and now they're bringing it back. And do you think do you think they're bringing it back because of things like the success of Girls on HBO? Sure, sure. Yeah, so sure. they're so like, okay, well, that kind of tested the market for us. Can we have you know girls who aren't necessarily like successful socially and have people watch every week? Sure. I mean, TV's a lot like film in the sense that once something uh, is a big hit in a genre, they're going to start you know other studios and networks are going to start emulating you know you know trying to reproduce that. Mm-hmm. Um, after Lost, there was the event, and uh, I think Revolution, and you know all these big kind of epic ideas shows. And uh, now there's this periods are kind of in with Spartacus and uh, Black Sails, which is a Michael Bay thing. Um, this uh, Boardwalk Empire kind of created this whole like Magic City, and mm-hmm. that may have even began with uh, began with uh, Mad Men. But anyway, so yeah, you know, kind of like Hollywood, all kind of works in waves. Whatever's popular they're gonna keep making he's just used a phrase magic city is that something that's being no no Ma- well magic city magic is actually, city is actually a title the, na- the name of a title oh, okay yeah. i thought i thought oh wow is that is that like brave new world like magic is that a city. new a new t- <laughs> yes just, what's your magic coined, city movie <laughs> yeah magic city in vegas there's a whole ton of you know there's a slew of uh these these uh kind of big shows like like McCoy's. place as personality like exactly like, like it's Instead of like we're gonna do it on the moon, it's like making Vegas in I think that's the fifties and sixties. Some of, yeah, right. Like its own personality, its own special world sure, or boardwalk sure. empire or something. And like, like there's that. Vikings now, and and uh, history did a a Bible miniseries, right? Know. So there, it, it's yeah, it's uh, I think studios, you know, with shows like Breaking Bad and Walking, people want to see like bigger, like you know, they're willing to. To uh, go with a you know a crazy big idea now. TV's TV shows that look more like movies that that have have premises more like movies. Right. So before it was oh, it's too expensive, it's too much of a risk. Mm-hmm. But now it's like okay, let's go for it. Now now with with what you're reading, um, I, can you talk about sort of what what turns you on in a read these days? Like, are you getting more of a sense of like the things that make you want to pass this forward to your boss and say, yes, this is a really, this is a pilot that you should look at? Um, so I, it's uh, most of, you know, me being on the desk, I, I'm reading stuff that we're, we're, we've sold or drafts that we're about to go out. Okay. A lot of our, I, I don't, it's not like we have a typical, there's like a, it's not like there's a submission drawer and I'm just pulling out stuff every day and reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's most of my, you know, most of you know me reading. My reading is 
existing stuff. And so you're doing actual script notes on existing yeah, material and, to and say what what needs to be strengthened. Well, and you know, I'm an assistant, so they're gonna they're not gonna super you know really take my notes into the concert. But you know, if oh, I de- you'd be surprised, well, de- my friend. It depends. <laughs> it depends with. Um, how close I am with the writer. There are a couple writers who, who you know, I've, I've, you know, emailed back and forth, uh, and hey, I'm a fan of, I was a fan of this pilot, your pilot, and good, good job on getting this episode. Um, we have a girl who is a fantastic drama writer, and she just did an episode of Arrow, um, uh, a freelance episode, and and she she's just a really good writer. And you know we joke back and forth, uh, you know, just kind of like, hey, you know, good job, and talk about where we're from, and you know, just kind of getting to know each other a little bit. Um, but but uh, sure, if I if I say, hey, you know what, I I really like this part, but I, I didn't really, you know, then I'll 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 offer some feedback, and you know whether they you know they take it to heart or not, it's up to them. But what have you noticed anything in the, in what your boss? seems to gravitate toward do you find him sort of anything that can sell <laughs> honestly no honestly like it's uh, the thing about like an agency it's it's about it's about staffing and it's about selling stuff it's 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 about bringing in money um so uh, me personally you you asked me what do i like to i i, I love anything big idea high concept something catchy something a world you've never seen before um, someone, I, I was at a mixer, uh, entertainment mixer and uh, someone pitched me an idea about kind of like the cutthroat, like kind of like the 20, like being, you know, the entourage, but like your mid late twenties, uh, in the world of wall street, kind of that whole like sharky, uh, and, uh, finance world. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, that's something we haven't, I don't think we've seen before, you know, let me, let me read that. Um, so, you know, anything that's kind of a cool idea, you know, premise, uh, something, you know, uh, something exciting, something thrilling. Who doesn't want to read something, you know, fun and, and catchy? And What about, you know, it's, it's interesting. We were going to talk about something else. I, mean, I don't know. We may end up just talking about this because this is, you know, there are a lot of people who are writing original pilots these days mm-hmm. for a while. And it's still really the case. You write an original pilot more so you have a strong writing sample right. and because everybody sort of wants wants one eventually, whether you're feature, whether you're TV. Um, they want to see how you handle something more compressed and how you come up with sort of an original ongoing idea and can just deal with characters. Um, so... I mean, since since we're talking about all this, I just, is it okay to just keep talking sure. to you about this? Sure. Okay, TV. Let's do um, it. <laughs> let's talk a, a little bit. Um, just, I guess, one other other date question. I want to sort of get in here. You mentioned um, selling season, pilot season. Tell me about staffing season. What does staffing season mean? Staffing season is what's going on right now, um, and it's essentially. T- talking, you know, our, my agent, nine to five or nine to seven, however long we're there, um, on the phone with executives and producers trying to get our writers and our, our directors staffed on mm-hmm. their shows, um, depending on their level. And that means in, uh, in the TV world, there's a hierarchy and a staff writers at the bottom mm-hmm. and uh, showrunners at the top. And in between there, you've got levels of, uh, it's like staff writer, story editor, consultant producer, supervising producer, 
co-EP producer showner and there's maybe one or two I'm missing but it's essentially this the studios the the TV you know the networks breaking down writers in terms of experience how long they've been working in this town uh, uh, how good they are and uh, uh, sorting them onto shows based on what their needs are so our our agent my agent our department we call executives say hey uh, Walking Dead uh, you guys all staffed up on writers, and they said, you know what, we're we could use a mid-level, you know, super consulting producer on, you know, for our our guy just dropped out, he's going to a different show, he's going to Homeland, and so our my 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 Jack my boss will email the department saying, hey, uh, uh, Walking Dead needs co-EP, and send me all ideas. So the whole department will get back with their clients, their own clients. And they will email Jack and myself. I'll be copied on the email, and I will have to submit to that executive regarding Walking Dead all of our writers who could possibly fit for that position. Now, does your guy then go through that list and make his own determination, or just basically says submits the list? Whoever, now? whoever, whoever the the other agents uh, offered to submit, Jack will you know Jack's not going to argue with them, right? Um, now, as far as as far as Walking Dead goes, okay. Let's say Walking Dead wants to now review those those writers, sure. and says, okay, yeah, we want to look at you know Bob and Ted and Alice, right? And uh, do do they say, okay, send samples of their writing, or do they look at samples of existing shows that they have written for? Well, well we send we attach credits, mm-hmm. so we attach credits to. Uh, all three of them, Bob, Alice, and, and Susan, we attach credits to all of them, and the executives, you know, will make decisions based on that. Um, if they are, if it, if we're looking to staff for a staff writer, a baby writer mm-hmm. on a show, and a, sh- a big show like Walking Dead, or Homeland, or Mad, they're not looking for baby writers. Mm-hmm. Baby writers, you can only fill in shows that are kind of still finding its, uh, you know, its its niche in the in the. Uh, in the in the the ratings, um, you know, a new show, but uh, yeah, typically for those you submit resumes and that'll have their you know back in the day, someone said was a co EP on Twenty Four, or uh, was a director producer on X Files or to this and that and this Prison Break, and you know executives look at that and say, hey, you know, this guy's worked here before. Um, this guy has knows this, you know, has sensibility for this sh- this certain show based on what he's done. Let's get him in here. Let's get him a meeting. And they're they're not going to hire solely on resume, though. And and so once they have the meeting, um, are they looking for sort of who's going to participate well with the team, sure. or are they looking for pitches on um, on where they think the season might go? Um. More about probably once they're meeting, probably about can this person jive? You know, do they do, does the executive immediately like this person who they're meeting with, our director um, or our writer, and can they get along with others? Can they be able? Will they be able to run a room? Will they be able to run a team if they're we're putting them up for a show or a position? Um, will they be able to you know to facilitate and handle you know managing dozens and dozens of people? Uh, it's not about necessarily where they think the season's going um a lot of that is probably already mapped out according to the creator and the showrunner and the executive producers but yeah it, it depends on the on the show but i i'd say most of it 
is about personality. Can they get along with with others? Because we, you know, that they have the credits at this point. Now sure. it's sort of like they've can they the, be part they, of a team? They've got the body of, of work already. That's why they got the meeting in the first place. Now it's about can they can they sell themselves? Have you ever? Well, this is, I don't want to. You know, I, I don't want to compromise all. your. This is your, a tell-all. <laughs> now is there is there. <laughs> Did you I'll ever get a report in. back on a meeting where somebody had has screwed it up? Sure. And if they did, how? They uh, so we you know we have a we have a writer, you know we send out writers for for generals. The generals, uh, uh, you know, first time meeting with an executive, just so the executive gets a feel, a taste for a flavor for our guy or girl, um, and. Uh, so typically, uh, so typically, how it works at a studio and a network is that they, uh, one executive, is assigned different shows that they cover, meaning they're in charge of uh, being part of the process to put the elements together. To directors find directors and writers and all this stuff. Um, and so, whenever we send out our writers to meet with those executives, we plan we plan them. We uh, let them know in advance what shows these guys cover. So when they meet with them, they're able to talk with executive about their respective shows you know right makes sense um now we've sent writers in who have not been who have not studied the shows necessarily about what these guys cover Mm -hmm. even though we've let them know and even though they have the pilots the 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 scripts the material they you know they've kind of uh dropped the ball yeah and jack says hey you know if if nothing else you've got to fake it um that's the reality you've got to you've got to you got to sell it. You got to sell yourself. Um, but we've had, yeah, sure, we've we've had uh, we've had writers kind of, you know, quote unquote, drop the ball in terms of not know, you know, knowing what's going on with the executive and their specific shows. Have you ever had anybody actually put down the show or a kind of show? <laughs> I'm sure that's happened accidentally. We, I don't think I've heard of that. Where, uh, yeah, I really hate. Uh, <laughs> I really hate Last Man Standing. Oh, well, that's our show. <laughs> it's like, whoop. Nice meeting you. No, um, it, I'm sure that's happened. You know, I slipped with the tongue. But I, I don't think I've heard anything of that that's, happening. That's cool. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> Whoops. That's me. No, you use the term baby writer. And, um, you know, uh, well, I would say three quarters of the audience that's listening right now would would be defined as a baby sure. writer. Can you define it in terms of what it means at your agency? When people say baby writer, what are they talking about? Baby writer is someone who doesn't have, who has virtually no credits, mm-hmm. um, who has one or two great samples, and we're in the process of submitting them and getting them set up, but they have, they've never been in a room They've never, they've never, meaning they've never been staffed. They've never had any work. Um, they're new, they're but they, baby. But their samples have been strong enough that they've they've gotten through you guys. They're, that they're repped by, by by us, sure. And so where some now in in the case of being repped by you guys for a baby writer, are these people who've submitted? TV pilots cold, or are they specs from existing shows, or are they both? It's again. It's like we we don't have like a open door policy. So it's like uh, scripts can come in through friends and referrals and that kind of thing. But um, it, it dep- you know it, it, you know not everyone has a different 
story in terms of how they've gotten material to we have a we have a writer who who uh an attorney attorney got us the script and said you know jack you've got to read this and we brought and he read it and flipped for it i i loved it a drama and and so we brought in the writer and jack had a great meeting with with the guy and he signed him that's great um all because uh an attorney at at a firm I don't even think necessarily repped him. They, they might have been friends. Uh, passed it along to Jack, and you know now he's a now he's a client. And we're setting. He's one of the guys we're constantly setting up. He's a great guy. That's great. And he probably does a good meeting. He's oh, he's such, a, he's such a good like guy. He's one him. of the guys I, I yeah I, I chat with. You know I, I'm he's always like emailing me back. I had a great meeting, Nick. You know tell you know, Jack so and and I'm and I'm like yeah you know great job and. Well, it sounds interesting that they're communicating so well. Sure. The ones that you like are also are also doing their job of saying of, of reporting back in, of just being communicative, of showing that they have energy and and you know some kind of enthusiasm for the for the work. Absolutely, it's it's nice to to keep that. Uh, it's it's nice to have that relationship where you can because these guys, you know, knock on wood, one day are going to be huge, you know. Huge people in the writing world. You know, they're baby. You know, they might be baby baby writers and mid level writers now, but they're gonna they're gonna you know really go far and 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 it's all you know Hollywood is all about relationships. You know, that goes without saying, like any any industry, but you know, especially out here, jobs and especially jobs on shows even are based on hey, have have you worked with so and so before? Do you you know he so and so is a good guy? You'll love him. Okay, boom boom, bring him bring him in. Um, and, and so it's, uh, it's to have that, to develop that relationship with the writer, you know, from my end to, to hit to their end is, is great. It's fun. It's not all business. It's, you know, you can be friends too. I want to go back to the content side just a little bit because that's, you know, that's the stuff that I'm reading all the time. So I'm reading more and more TV all the time. Sure. And, and as somebody who's, who's a fan of TV, it's actually really fun for me. And, uh, uh, starting to f- figure out certain habits people have that aren't working for them and certain things that they need to know so that they can they can focus their their pilots a little bit better um, one thing that I'm seeing a lot of is people coming up with in with original pilots that are solely serialized like something like the killing where you've got one murder and we're tracking it for a whole season. Now sometimes I'm not really sure if this is always wise. How how marketable these days are pilots that are only serialized? You know, nothing that sort of solves a mystery and has a serialized element, but something that's solely serialized. I th- there is a big pause here. <laughs> It, I think again, it, it all goes back to the idea, into the hook of the show. Uh-huh. And if you've got a great idea and something audiences are willing to, to to watch and follow, it's gonna speak for itself and it's gonna be a hit regardless if it's you know, um, serialized or not. Now, when you say that you're you're talking about like like let's say a standalone episode of CSI where you don't have to follow it, right? CS- CSI is not serialized right. because right, it's standalone. Or law and order, right? But you couldn't show the killing out of order. You just couldn't sure. do it. So if somebody buys it, they're going to have to buy the whole package, and they 
I mean, we're talking about down the road if it was syndicated. So they can't chop it up and just show it whenever or show it three times, you know? Right. So uh, what I worry about, because uh, I love serialized shows, sure. but those seem to be the big, bigger prestige projects that go to already established writers, sometimes generated in-house. I mean, they just seem to be, I, I don't know if as an original pilot that is as saleable as something hmm. that was where you could complete a story every single episode right. and have some serialized elements like relationships. You know, will the relationships continue? Um, or maybe there's one one murder mystery that has to be solved throughout that's sort of the bigger deal, but all these little solving of problems along the way, solving a mystery sort of add up, stuff like that. It, I don't know, like with, with networks, um, networks, I, I, am, I guess networks have a lot more standalone. You've got all your, your low and orders and your NCISs, you've got them all kind of there. And then with the cable, shows there are more you've got a lot of these big popular glossy you know serialized shows um and you know there's more money with with network but i think i think it, from from me you know being you know being an apa for half a year so i i can i I think it's just again about the idea. So really, you guys are open to both. It's not like, well, network takes more content, or you know, it's hard to get one of these shows. It's sort of like if it if it's one of these kind of shows and it's specifically for cable, okay, let's just make it the best that it, it can. Net be. Network, network. When I said earlier on uh, buying season, buying seasons in the late summer fall, and that's mainly for for network now. C cable, cable. Technically, they buy year round, meaning you can always go to an executive at maybe Showtime or HBO with with a with a pilot with an idea. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's uh it's it's dependent on the uh, on the idea, the pitch, the the execution. Um, uh, as far as um something that I've seen being a little bit of a problem in some of the, the pilots that I'm reading. Again, we're talking original pilots. People who are solving their problems in the first pilot right right away. And it's different from feature. You know, with feature, so much of it is about paying things off and escalating circumstances so that you can solve one problem at the end and you do it in a big way. The mm -hmm. fe feature to me is all about the solution. But TV is all about the promise. So if people seal things up too much, even if this is a standalone episode, okay, if you suddenly have somebody fall, you know, um, let's say it's a standalone episode and they're solving a crime, okay, that gets all, all, all tidied up. But let's say that there's also interest between two characters, right. and you have them go on a date by the end of the pilot, that's not gonna work. Because you have to see that that interest is going to build, 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 so that by the end of the season, <gasps> they've gone on a date. You know, so that you want to come back for another season, right? Or, right. or let's say it's it's a it's right in the middle of the season. Okay, now they're dating, and will it work? You know, but sometimes people want to do everything in a pilot. That at least that's been a, a little bit of a problem that I've seen. Um, sure. Uh, well, with our writers, with our pilots that we were sending out you you have writers who are who are you know uh, 
smart enough and experienced to know not to do that. Um, but yes, uh, with with a lot of um, stuff I've I've happened to read uh, by people I've met at a at a mixer or randomly, uh, you have problems in the pilot, just like you know you would have with uh, any other kind of problem, whether it's uh, flat characters or not even an intriguing premise you've got to uh sure you've got to make sure that you can't wrap up everything by the end of each show you've got to have something to keep uh going back to that writer who the who had who uh who's a fantastic drama writer at the end of every one of her she has four great samples four great specs at the end of each uh pilot she has a great teaser a great hook for the next and it's like and it's not just like a random. It's like a character that we've we've seen here and there, and we've gotten gotten to know. They might be part of the family, or they might be part of the plot. And at the very end of the show, it's always like they come back. Like, and it's not. Some, I don't mean to make it sound like it's formulaic, but some somehow some character comes back, or some some uh, reveal comes at the end, and it's like, oh my god, I need to read episode two now. <laughs> there's only there's only the pilot. That's great. And and that's how you keep someone going. You know, with also. Uh, just talking about a pilot, there's five act breaks. You know, there's the teaser, five act breaks, um, and uh, the teasers. You know, the cold open, five or six pages, and then each act is about maybe ten, nine, ten, eleven pages. You know, for a sixty-page pilot, and at the end of every act break, you want to have a cliffhanger. You want to mm-hmm. have that TV moment where literally you, executives don't want you changing the channel because so and so. You know, the killer is right above them, or they just discovered that, you know, their father uh, is a killer. You know, they want to bring you, they want to keep you on that channel, on that damn channel. Um, So, and just going back to what you said about stringing along, having things open, yeah, don't wrap up everything. Keep audiences hooked to, to keep watching. Yeah, if you can do one pass on a TV show, I would definitely say you need a button at the end of every scene every single scene and then that killer act break like Especially you said the that big break. cliffhanger so when we talk about a button we're talking about if it's a comedy you know end it with a joke if it's sure. a, a thriller end it with a question but when it's when it's uh something that's the strong act break that yes could have a commercial you really want to sort of end it with some like i like big idea right. right like oh gosh i didn't know that yeah. this might be the the murderer or i didn't realize that this case this um medical case had taken this direction yeah. or in some kind of drama i can't believe that character showed up and back in town you know that kind of that kind Just of keep feeling things fresh and, and 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 moving and exciting and you won't you know they got uh, whoever is reading will have no choice but to keep reading also um how many? I, I'm really glad that you that you broke down the the structure of one hour. Um, that was a very rough um, rough attempt, but it's a five act. It's typically five acts, sixty pages. You want to have your your pilot about. I, I pilots come in and they're forty two pages or you know seventy five, and it's like let's try to let's try to keep it around sixty, just so people who is ever reading it know kind of knows. Okay, this guy 
this guy knows what he's doing. He can he can work within the form. I mean, Aaron Sorkin's stuff is seventy five pages sure. a lot of times, but that's also because he's dealing with thirty seconds per page, not a minute per page, because his dialogue is just flying by without any kind of um, scene direction interruption. Usually, um, it's the kind of same thing with you know people say, well, Christopher Nolan's Batman is one hundred and you know fifty page. Well, fifty pages. That's Christopher Nolan. Let's let's try to. Let's try to make it, you know, you, you again, you being a, a new writer, a baby writer, let's try to make it adhere to the standards nowadays, and then we'll go from there. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, let's sh- show others that you can work within the constri- constraints, quote-unquote, and then... Yeah, because Christopher Nolan might be, let's say, describing something because sure. he wants to make sure it's executed the way he wants it executed. But you have to kind of write things with the kind of descriptions that make other let other people do their job and say, I acknowledge the fact that there are other people doing their job. So he might describe sort of the, the intricacies of the of the next Batmobile. Right. <laughs> but you would just say, you know, sort of give give a, a sense of, of how that would make us feel as we watch it, right? Like, you know, is it futuristic? Right. Is it something that's old school? Right. That, that kind of thing. Um, what about for half hour? Do you guys do a lot of half hour? Sure. Okay, have you... Now, half hour has changed structurally, too. Um, now it seems to be three-act, um, much the way, I mean, features three-act, but there's a lot of three-act filmed half hour, meaning it's single camera half hour, and it seems three-act now. Is that right? Or because sometimes you, you know, my, my writers will try and pull different uh, pilots or specs to sort of figure out what they're going to write and how they're going to write it. The format's all over the place, the structure's all over the place, but I am starting to see more and more three act. What, what are you seeing? And, and um, I, I think three acts, sure. With comedy, comedy, I think it varies a little. Hmm. That's a tough question. Well, here's the thing about comedies: they, whether it's a single cam or multi cam, and uh, mul- the difference, you know, being multi cam is friends and single cam is modern family. They can both be typically now. Yes, they are three acts, but I, it also depends on how long your teaser is because tip- now with comedies, your cold open or your teaser will. F- follow right into the first act mm-hmm. they won't there won't be a commercial break and if that's the case that will be that'll be your that'll count as one act right there and then you'll have your long commercial break and that'll go to act two and that will be the big chunk of the show before there will be one more commercial and then the ending um so this is act one two three is really Long teaser, Act One, Act Two. But it uh, and it also depends. Like I'm, I'm saying that based off. I think I just saw an episode of the Mindy Project, um, which I think is pretty funny, by the way. I but, do uh, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I only sort of tune in every once in a while, but every time I do, I'm like, yeah, good job, excellent, fun. And it's not, it's not doing surprise. It's not doing like that great with the ratings. And now, and it's funny going back to we were just talking about the success of Girls and all this. Yeah. But. Fox, at one point, they had bought all these, or developing all these uh, female comedies, and then Mindy Projects uh, this fall hadn't done so hot, you know, so hotly, so now they are kind of cutting back. Again, it's all about what's current, what's popular. Right. Now they're cutting back on all of these female comedies, despite girls, despite uh, bridesmaids. You know, it's like, 
It's I, I, you know I guess this is my beef with with gender stuff and with with. Um, you know, uh, minority-driven projects is sort of like one of them. If one of them doesn't do well, then they all go. As opposed to like, well, that you know, that white guy project didn't do well. Do you get rid of all the white guy projects? No, <laughs> you know. So that, that always seems a little bit unfair. Here, here, now, now my, we can talk about uh, minority and diversity because that's actually a huge part of the TV world. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about it, but I didn't know how how delicate that was. This idea of a diversity hire people hear about and some people go oh well is that special for diversity writers and it's like it backfires too because then the diversity position is taken mm -hmm. as though there's only one spot in the world well here's the thing whether or not it's a it's a delicate subject it's 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 the reality okay studios and tv shows they they're oftentimes more often they're looking to fill a diversity slot um you can you can Typically, and uh, the old, you know, most writing, most writers' rooms, I guess, for years and years were middle-aged white guys, um, and and now the idea is, hey, let's bring in, a, you know, someone who's not that uh, diversity, also meaning women, more female, um, because they have a, you know, they might have grown up in a different area and they have a different outlook, and there's nothing necessarily right or wrong about that. Mm -hmm. But it's a different you're 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 bringing different kinds of people to a room, different ideas, different perspectives, and sure, why not? Um, but it's something that has to that has to be talked about. The reality is in TV, if you're someone, if you're someone of color, diversity, mm -hmm. or you're a female, uh, you're valuable. You're very valuable nowadays. Um, even as a director, we have we have a few directors who we can't find work for just because studios are looking to hire uh, black females or Hispanic females. Someone and not just new, his, you know, but people who've been working for for X number of years. And we have directors of diversity directors, and you know, uh, middle-aged white guys or you know what have you, and as an agency we're we're of course it's like well these guys can't find work or you know these guys but hey our our women and these guys can these guys are working we have a hispanic director who's been uh who's been asked to come back for whitney and 30 rock and the new show go on and she's working and it's great but I want to ask you the the opposite end of that for a second is is what worries me. You now have filled your diversity spot. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that there's no other spots available for diversity writers? Like basically, in a team of writers, there's there's oh look, we have our diversity hire now. We can have you know, and they're not middle aged white guys. They're you know thirty year old white guys. Sure. <laughs> How. You know how uh, d can that backfire? Where like, oh no, that spot's been filled. You mean you're, so? You're saying if there one diversity spot has been filled? Yeah. Are they open to another? Or like, no, no, no. Oh, we sure. did. We did. We paid sure. our dues. Oh no, no. Oh, so you're saying are they not doing enough diversity? Yeah. Like, like basically, the 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 other side of having like one diversity higher spot is that that means that the five that are that can just they oh, can, oh, they oh. can sort of sit on their laurels and be like, well, yeah, of course we're gonna just fill it with five. 30 year old white guys no I'm, I'm no when diversity that, that doesn't and maybe some shows have that mandate but it's typically not only just one we need we are only looking for one uh in a room full of other white you know it's it can be several good the whole the whole show can be diversity depending on you know i'm sure uh 
many BET shows. Um, you'll find, I'm sure, non-white guys. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And that's that's me. But that's that's their niche. Sure. You know what I mean? And we're talking about, you know, big, popular. Big, popular know, like, network shows. Like, uh, <laughs> but it's not just they're looking for just one black guy or one Hispanic guy or one, you know, it's, I'm sure they have several. It's not, it's just not, you know, it's not, there's not a, uh, uh, a list from the executive saying, hey, we need this, this. Oh, and one has, you know, one diversity at the end and check mark once we got it. No, okay. Never seen that. It's, it's diversity is diversity. Okay. And okay, that's good to know. And, and at the end of the day, it's about quality. If uh, diversity guys, they've got to prove it too. They're not just going to hire any schmuck. They've got to, they've got to provide the goods, or they'll go to a better diversity. Do you guys, uh, because there are these niches to fill now, uh, are, do you uh, reach out to the different diversity programs that are out there yep. right now? Yep. So we've got what NBC, and CBS. All the studios have one pretty much. Uh, yeah, Warner Brothers. I guess a couple of studios have them. All the networks have them. Definitely. Uh, yeah, Fox diversity program and Warner Brothers and Sony and ABC. Sure. D- does diversity ever? Well, he, he, here's the thing. Let's just talk age for a second since we are talking diversity. Okay. So it's not that there aren't older writers. It's just the older writers are have high-level jobs. They've been doing it forever. Absolutely. So when you're looking to place, like you said, uh, they, uh, uh, like what would be one of the some of the the titles that one could expect, let's say, a 55-year-old writer who's been doing this for a while, they'll probably be what? A co-EP? Uh, co- e- yeah, co-EP, consultant, producer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you're right. If, they, if they're of that age and been around a while, they're not going to be a staff writer, meaning they're not going to be one of the writers bouncing off ideas in the room. Um, they're going to they're gonna be given a higher title uh, at ideally a more prestigious show. Okay. So it's, it's 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 hard because I think it's like any business, right? Oh, sure. If you were starting a new career, it is hard to break into a new career late in life, not because of your age, but because you usually start earlier with stuff. You gra- you gather more experience along the way. So it's not that a 55-year-old writer isn't going to be hi- hired. It's just that they're competing with a 55-year-old writer who has tons of work. Now, I think this is different than in the feature world, where with a feature, it's all about this one project that, that it's just as good as the project has to be. You're not going to be sort of building this career over the years. It's sort of like that one magic moment sometimes with a spec. Sure. So that's why the guy who wrote King's Speech was in his 80s, right. because it was just a fabulous project. So we, do, you know, when you one could look at it as, as ageism or one could look at it as, you know, if you were coming in to be, if you were going to law school at the age of 60, you know, it's going to be harder to get a job afterwards because somebody has to start you off as a really new associate and then hope that, you know, eventually you'll work your way up to partnership. It's it's difficult with, oh, with it's, TV. It's very difficult with TV, and and you're right. It's um, there is kind of an ageism, ageism there. With with no, you're right. With with movies, it's like, hey, you've got a great, you got a great script, boom. Mm-hmm. Um, but with TV, uh, so much of it is interacting and dealing with other people and the writers' room and 
being on set, you've, I guess, they, starting out, they, they want that, the younger, you know, baby rider, someone who's good in a room and, and can sort of grow with with a show with the and show. then go go grow. on and sort of as far, especially from the the agent's point of view have a lengthy career that they can make lots of money off of for sure. years and years and years. Now that's not to say that an older an older person can't sell an idea for a show, sure. and that can be rare. But but it can happen because if your experience being somebody who is older in life, right, you have you have a particular experience that only you can sell. Okay, let's say you're a professional athlete and you're now you know, a retired professional athlete and you want to sell a show based on your life. Okay, who else is gonna sell a show based on your life? No, only you, you only have the rights to that. So in theory, you could come in and say, hey, I have this range of experiences. This is the show I see about it. Let's do that. And that's why um, Joe, who was on this show, yep. I don't know, did you hear that? Yeah, that, I, was, I was there. That is an, I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah, you know, Joe, he is, awesome and has the energy of 10 men and no spring chicken <laughs> you know he's been around for a while sure. and he sold a show based on his and his exp sister's experiences he is executive producer of that show yep. he's developing another show he is he's now got two he's got, exactly out. that that guy and you know so it I think also authority and experience actually plays well sure. into a brand new idea because a 20-year-old doesn't have that authority experience, has not lived that life. You have. So yes, it's still possible to, anything. to, to sell and pitch in this a, town, an idea. In this town, anything is possible. And, and if people should not look at what's stopping them, anything is possible. And if you've got a great idea and you've got the persistence and diligence keep trying keep keep at it and it's gonna happen you've just gotta you've just gotta keep at it don't give up you know yeah yeah thank you very much and that's coming that's coming from an assistant agent <laughs> an assistant to the agent at APA thank you this you know what Nick I'm so glad I asked how you're doing because that how you're doing turned into the whole show and it's a good show thank you it was, it was fun I appreciate I had a lot it of fun. yeah um, I, yeah again this is just me just over half a year on the on the on the TV desk I I, I uh, that's all the validity I and merit I can offer I that I that I know. No, so. really useful information. Um, of course, I have one final question for you. This is a really important question. I do have a girlfriend. Yes, so, yes. okay, you so. have a girlfriend. Yes, I knew that would happen. Yeah. You know, he came in today, and it was just something about you. You know, the confidence, yeah. you know. The, the hair. No. Right, good color on <laughs> you, the hair, like a... Yeah. yeah. All right. Congratulations. I won't ask anything more. Oh no. Was that the real question? No. That was the real question. Really? Of course it was the real oh. How long how did you I know call, me? How did I call that? Because well, you know me very well. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. I'm that good guys. You wanna no. give her a shout out? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're not really da well, yeah, we're just kind of we're not at the shout out stage yeah. yet. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. When you are, you let me know. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I want to tell you a little bit about um, what's going on at on the page because there's so much going on. I hope I, I get it all down. First of all, let's talk career for a second. So Lee Jessup and I, it is official. We are going to be doing a career class together in Los Angeles, Chicago, 
and New York City. The Los Angeles career class will be May 4th. She's going to be handling the career side. I'm going to be handling the pitch side. Um, and May 4th in Los Angeles, it is only a half-day class, and that is Saturday from 1230 to 330. In June, um, we'll be in Chicago and New York. On Saturday the 22nd, we will be in Chicago, and that will be um, all day long like a nine to five kind of class and you will get lots of information out of it. I promise career pitching everything in New York city. It will be the following day on the 23rd. We're going to be, um, traveling like doing a lot of red yeah. eyes i think <laughs> so yeah so uh the 23rd that's a sunday in new york city um so to sign up for all of these classes just go to on the page.tv and go to the career classes it's right there in the classes section um anything else you need to know right uh so Ireland people, I'm on my way. I'll be in Dublin and Belfast. So Dublin on the 16th and Belfast on the 18th. Um, it's the Belfast Film Festival. Um, and then I will, oh, what's Dublin? Oh, they're gonna kill me. Film, yeah, I forgot it. <laughs> oh no, email me. Email me, I'll tell you where I'm gonna be in Dublin. Um, then also don't forget about Colorado, uh, that's the 24th through the 26th, and this is going to be held at the hotel where The Shining was shot. Wow. We are locking writers in for 48 hours. Jack Nicholson will be there. Jack It'll Nicholson be will be, right, exactly. All the scary people, the twins will be there, <laughs> the little kid who talks to his finger, he'll be there, and uh, and I, it's basically a you know sit down and write kind of thing, um, but for the first day I'm going to be leading people through classes all day long. It'll be like a class, go write a class, Very go cool. write. It will be cool. And so actually the Pitchfest people are doing that. So go to pitchfest.com and go to the 48 hour marathon and uh, sign up there. Um, also there's that new monthly membership. There's all kinds of stuff happening. So go to onthepage.tv, check it out. And Nick, I'm so happy to have you back. On well, the show. Thank you. thank you for being here. It's been here. too long. It has been too long. So we'll it's have to. It's great to see you. You yeah. look pretty as ever. Oh, Nick. Oh, okay. I got to go. Right. Wow. I'm so <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks, everybody. Have a good writing week.